Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Tony. And I'm Andy. You're Andy. I am. We're okay, so let's agree on the fact that we're knee deep in tech. Plus Agreed. one. Plus one. Sure. And this is episode eighty nine going towards the actual episode hundred hundred. Numbers are hard for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're hard for me, too, so don't feel bad. Oh, yeah, they're, we're they're we're not good at maths. No. <laughs> so we are at Microsoft Ignite in Orlando. Yep. And we, as we usually do, found Andy, which is a good thing. So, Andy, again, please introduce yourself. Yeah, definitely. So first off, thanks for having me. It's always fun to be here and chat with you guys. But uh, again, my name's Andy Sterwich, and... Uh, uh, I am a technical evangelist for Altero Software, which means I do a lot of content stuff. Um, you know, I, I'm a Microsoft MVP as well in the cloud and data center management competency. Uh, was originally a Hyper-V MVP before they rolled all the competencies up into, you know, the, the larger groups. So, you know, obviously I'm an infrastructure and virtualization and storage and, you know, everything that has to do with serving up compute wor workloads, basically. So you're basically an on-prem guy. I have been historically in the past, you know, but like everyone, you know, I've been making that transition into, you know, hybrid clouds, cloud technologies, containerization. I've, uh, you know, been dipping my toe in that, uh, that pond for a while now. And um, yeah, you know, making that transition like everybody else is. True. And I'm, I'm so happy that you said containerization. Not only is it a very difficult word for a non-English speaker, <laughs> uh, we have seen some super exciting things come out of Microsoft Ignite. And the f primary thing that I'm thinking about, and I'm, I'm so happy to have the two of you here to talk about this, is Arc, yes. Azure Arc. Arc looks amazing. You know, I've been talking with a couple of people about this mm -hmm. today. And, you know, I, I feel like they haven't fully pulled the, the door open on it yet, but the pieces I've seen look really compelling. The whole idea of a single control plane mm -hmm for Azure, hybrid cloud, and on-premises, where do I sign up? You yeah. know, you know, where's the dotted line? You know, I, 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 I want it like today, you know? Yeah, and and um, it's, it's been something we've been working towards for a long time, right? And um, I think this, this is finally what gets us there, hopefully. Yeah, it uh, really bridges all the different clouds as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And th that's a good point. I mean, it doesn't matter what your, your secondary or tertiary data center is. No. It can be another cloud. It can be your bathtub, <laughs> as long as your bathtub can run Kubernetes. I, I, hope, I hope you're not running infrastructure in your bathtub. I'm just saying. I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> sure. But, so, I mean, could you give, give a, the, the listeners a quick rundown of what Azure Arc really is? Yes, I mean, based on what we saw at the keynote this morning, I mean, basically what's what they're telling us is that it is a single control plane for, again, hybrid on-premises and cloud workloads. And you know, one interesting thing that they did during the keynote was they actually took Azure SQL DB and pushed it down on top of on top of on-premises infrastructure. And you know, as far as the UI was concerned, it looked like you were deploying any other Azure-based workload. Um, you know. Uh, that, that was really the interesting thing to me. And uh, they're also tying in Azure policy along with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, being able to assign, you know, to, to make sure that certain requirements are met 
before you take an action. So the example that they used that I found interesting was, okay, I've got a, a DevOps team internally that they're deploying a new build of the application, but this new build utilizes port A, B, and C. I want to make sure that you know the places where this application is going is you know those ports are available and ready to use. So you know as your policy, make sure that you know yes those ports are open. Yes, we can do the deployments. And you know I mentioned this to somebody else, and what it what it really felt like to me was I was looking at some future iteration of DSC. That's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. what Absolutely. it reminded me of. I mean I don't think it is DSC under the hood, but that's what it feels like. You know? Yeah. And I especially liked the graphic as well as they like showed the initial configuration pretty much. So you just have like a bunch of hardware, you install like a prerequisite agent or something. Right. And you could actually see like it pop up like an Azure data center in the map. So instead of you having like West Europe, now you suddenly have uh, East Kövde showing up in the map and you just go, okay, I want to deploy my machines here. Click which in practice might mean it's your on-prem data center or right. AVS instance or whatever. So I thought that was really cool and an easy way to try to visualize it. Right, Yeah, Definitely. and for me it feels like the missing, I was about to say the missing link, but the missing piece of the puzzle to really go hybrid. Yeah. Because now you have a unified way of, of organizing things. Yeah, and you can get the low latency access as well even for the most absurdly demanding workloads. So you can have those in your closet if you like. Yeah, this is pretty much what I was hoping that Azure Stack was coming out the door. Yeah. Uh, so I, I uh, did some reading and a lot of people have asked, is this going to make Azure Stack obsolete? And the consensus is no, no, well, not in a million years because Azure Stack is is catering to a different crowd, right. where you really need to have the uh, the engineered system. So this is just another piece of the puzzle. Yeah, right. yeah we actually spoke, Andy and I, about that yesterday. So it's a, a lot more targeted against MSPs mm. uh, instead of like uh, just your regular enterprise. Right, right. I mean, especially when it, you know, we saw, boy, my years are blurring together now. When, when they announced Azure Stack, either a year ago, maybe it was the year before, I don't recall. I think it's two years ago at least. Yeah. It was really catered towards MSPs then and ever since then. But today, you know, now we're seeing that they're diversifying the locations where Azure Stack can run, and they're calling it, you know, the the intelligent edge, right? Azure Stack uh, Edge, yeah, exactly. And they're putting it in places that you wouldn't ever think to see Azure Stack, right? I mean, the the use case that they gave was. Um, you know, they were doing uh, rescue operations like out in the wilderness and mm -hmm. they've got Azure Stack in their backpack. You know, anywhere that you need. Yeah, the Azure Stack Edge rugged. Rugged, or something. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. rugged line. I mean, anywhere you need to do computing of some sort and the use case that they, they kind of talked about there was, you know, hey, you've got like a search and rescue team. They want to run drone operations in a wilderness area, but they need something to analyze the data that the drone collects, right? And that, that was kind of the use case. Now. I go back to when Azure Stack was announced, and I mean, you were talking like a whole rack. Mm -hmm. That was like the entry point. Yep. And now we've shrunk it down to being able to fit inside of someone's backpack as, you know, as the, uh, the Azure, you know, the edge. That's, uh, that's really interesting. You know, yeah. it, it kind of runs the full gamut of, of use cases. Yep. But was it the in initial Azure Stack, like large, like a, you know, the truck container or something like that? I don't know if it was that big. I remember it being, um, a full stack, maybe two stacks. Um, that was like the entry point. I always ever looked at the entry point. I never, I never looked at what the high end was because you know, mm -hmm. it's Microsoft, it's Azure. I'm sure the high end is you know 
more yeah, than because, most places yeah, would yeah, ever need. I, I just had the, like an image of you know the the ver very first one was like humongous, like a truck container. No, and it got like delivered in place, and all you had to do was plug in power and a fiber. That's not the same thing. Uh, I, I I remember the same thing. It, okay. it was a data center in a container. Okay. It wasn't yeah. Azure Stack, but it was exactly as you say. They, okay. they came out with a container, yeah, plug-in power, cooling, yeah. and you're good to go. Yeah. Now, yeah. for clarification, a shipping container. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still, I hear container, I'm thinking like Docker in the back yeah. of my head. Yeah, that's why I tried know? to describe the truck thing. But yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Shipping, yeah, shipping that, containers. That's, right, that's yeah, right. Terminology, yeah. Okay, so you guys were at the keynote. Yep. And you saw some pretty cool stuff yeah and i have uh, tony has his uh, tony list of doom <laughs> did Wait, he, uh, tony list of doom did i hear that correct <laughs> yes sir you did <laughs> should, I, should i be concerned should i be running away <laughs> i would be concerned each and every time i go live with us so you should have learned this by now oh, okay all right all right so what what did you pick up tony that you thought was most interesting uh, well it was absolutely the azure arc which was the easily the most interesting part yeah. uh, then i made a few little doodles about other stuff as well. Uh, I'm not sure that's really relevant for this forum right now, but maybe we could actually mention the storage thing. That was pretty cool. Pretty storage? awesome. Yeah, you know the little glass, uh, the piece of glass he oh, had which yeah. contained the Superman movie. Uh, yeah. That I thought was actually pretty exciting. What was it called? Project Glass? Uh, Project Silica. Yes, Silica. Silica. Right. So it's a, the holographic storage device of some device, sort. Yeah. Yeah, so, so they used that to demonstrate that, okay, you know, if Hollywood burns down, they will probably lose, like, all the old legacy footage and right. stuff like that. So they had done a test where they actually imaged in the Superman movie on this piece of glass. Mm. And that piece of glass could pretty much be, like, uh, indestructible. So it doesn't matter if you drop it in water or whatever, it, it doesn't do anything to it. So that was some sort of a proof of concept thing, I believe. Uh, but it sounded very interesting. That's really interesting because I've I've always found like the long term retention and storage of data to yeah. be really interesting. Yeah. And what I'll use as an example is um, archive.org. I think they call it the Wayback Machine now. Yep. At yeah, one yeah, point yeah. in time, Internet it was archive. yeah. At one point, it was archive.org, and I was reading on their storage infrastructure at one point in time, and um, I read at one point that they they don't use RAID. What? And, and I'm like, I had the same reaction. I'm like, what? They don't use RAID. Why? And it's because what they do, I mean, everything's rep cross-replicated across sites. Okay. The data is safe, but the reason they don't do RAID is if there's ever like a, you know, some sort of you know, catastrophic civilization ending type of event, somebody can pick up a lone hard drive, get it powered up and ah. retrieve data off of it, not yep. having to have every piece of the array, you know? That's now, actually pretty clever. Now that that knowledge is from years ago. I don't know if it's still that way, but I remember one point in time, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, I remember reading about that and just being really fascinated about it. Now fast forward to today, Project Silica, yeah. you know, storing that data for long-term retention in quote unquote glass. I'm sure it's not just glass. I mean, yeah, some yeah, yeah. very specialized type of glass. Yeah. Um, that's really fascinating. You yeah, know? I, th I thought so. But I kind of like the idea of, of dunking the whole thing in water because good luck burning it down <laughs> if it's underwater. Right, right. Very yeah, well that should pretty much mean that in case your house is on fire, the fire department comes in and washes everything away, so that wouldn't affect the device. Well, there, is, there is that, yeah. Or you can just flush it down the toilet. Sure. Or, or you can use my, my <laughs> bathtub. Quick exit. Whoosh. There goes the bathtub again. Yep. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> cool. 
So what more did you find in your, your list? Uh, well, we had the quantum computing thing, uh, which also sounded a bit interesting. Uh, they were talking something about Azure Quantum Open Hardware, was my notes on it. And then also they mentioned like the MRI scanning things, you know, trying to do machine learning and those kind of things with the com quantum computer thingy. Quantum is very interesting. I remember two years ago when they, you know, they had the quantum computer on the, sh the show floor you could yeah. go and see. And of course, it looks nothing like a standard computer that we know today no. um, because of, you know, cooling. the intricacies and the cooling <laughs> of, of quantum computing. Um, but I think what's really interesting is just the industry's discussion of that topic in general. I mean, you know, you look at some of the security conferences, you know, you know, RSA and, you know, talking about 256-bit encryption and and how once quantum becomes mainstream, I mean, it's just not going to be able to protect us anymore. So I'm sure we'll come out with something, you know, that, that replaces it, but it's just the, the whole concept of, you know, computing as um, far and fast and above of what we have today is... It's interesting to see where it, where it goes when it finally hits the mainstream. And I, I think, you know, with, with Microsoft offering it um, as a potential service at some point, starts to bring it into the mainstream a little bit. Um, I think we're quite a ways away yet yeah, because so of all the, the intricacies. But um, it's just something I, I kind of keep, you know, my side eye on as, uh, as the, the years and months move by here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So do I. Sure. That was pretty much the end of my notes uh, in regards to interesting subjects. Uh, because a, a couple of years, now. a couple of years back, there was a huge AI or and and, and, um, and quantum announcement done on stage here. Yeah. And so th this is basically the the evolution of that right. work, and the whole open hardware stuff is super exciting to have completely reconfigurable hardware. Yeah. It sounds like science fiction, but when it you does. Then but again, we're it's probably getting there. Yeah, we're we're getting there slowly but surely. Cool. So, since the the session catalog that was released immediately got updated when these things were released, mm -hmm. um, are there any sessions that caught your eye for the week? Well, to be honest, from my side, I haven't had a chance to look at the, the new sessions yet. I right. do know I would like to get into a session that more technically explains mm -hmm. ARC. Oh, because, yeah. you know, if I put my infrastructure hat back on, I know that, okay, you know, if this tool lives in the cloud and it has hooks into my data center, I want to know how do those hooks work. Yes. Am I talking agents? Am I talking about some sort of, sort of broker service on-premises that needs to be installed? What are the requirements? How does it work? How does that affect my security posture on premises? You know, I have all those questions, um, which you know the keynote didn't cover. But again, it's a keynote; it's a big picture, right? Sure. Um, so you know, I'm going to be looking for for some of the sessions later this week that that answer some of those questions, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, because I also noticed that the Microsoft the event app for your phone, I think it got updated every single time that I opened the software. Just about. Yeah. Downloading new version. Downloading new version. Yep. Every time I open the app today. Yep. Yep. So. With that said, no, I haven't either had the chance to actually check the updates or what uh, what have popped up to for the rest of the week. But I'm sure there's something very interesting in the pipe. Oh, yeah. I mean, one, one other thing that is not going to get very much mention here because I looked at the numbers. Do you know how many percent of the people here at Ignite consider themselves to be data and AI, AI people? 500? 
Five hundred percent. Oh, you're percent, even you're okay. even worse in math than I am. <laughs> well, we already <coughs> covered that. So yeah, yeah, you can you can try again. So percent, uh, say five, at best. Mm, I would gather. I would guesstimate closer to twenty to forty percent. Four. Four percent. Four percent. Really? Yes. So the fact that SQL Server 2019 just went generally available has it hasn't gotten very much <laughs> mention at all. I would have thought with the big push for AI and data analytics and all that stuff that's been going on the last couple of years, there'd be more of an audience for it here, but I, I guess I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah, uh, most people are out in Seattle this week for the PASS Summit. Ah, uh, okay, it makes more sense now. Sure, but they also announced the uh, Synaptics, Azure uh, Analytics, or Azure Synaptic Anal Analytics. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue twister. Yeah, which is, Kind of Azure Data Warehouse evolved, right. but take taking a whole new look at Azure Data Warehouse and and kind of in integrating a lot of other stuff in the analytics workspace. So I'm super super excited to go and um, take a look at that, especially from a deeper technical standpoint. Yeah, definitely. I thought that was interesting. You know, kind of seeing a trend here with Microsoft lately. That you know, over the last couple of years, they've been building up all these. Um, these different disparate technologies, and now the last year or two, you're starting to see them, you know, get merged together and start leaning on each other and and um, providing value to each other. You know. Oh yeah, series unification. Yes, definitely. And it's it's so cool that a company like Microsoft that has their whole cloud infrastructure are starting to use that same control plane right. to use to to unify. Which yeah, super cool. Yeah, we are not living in boring times, guys. <laughs> no, oh. definitely not. And I mean, you know, I to to change gears a little bit. Um, Cortex, Project Cortex, mm -hmm. that was announced today. Um, I'm not an office services guy. I mean, I use it as part of my job, but you know, like I said, I'm I've been more on the infrastructure guy side in my my career. I find Cortex to be really interesting. Yep. Because you think about all the data that resides inside of an Office 365 organization and all the metadata, you know the the people, the individuals, the files you're working on, you know, the SharePoint libraries. Um, Projects. My, yeah, things like my analytics, mm. you know. I mean, taking all that data and, uh, what did they say in the keynote, making knowledge out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that's one of the main issues that we have in the data space is everybody under CAT has a lot of data. Yep. How, how can you move from data to insight and from insight to action? So actionable insights and actionable intelligence exactly. is, is the key. I mean, you can you can you can draw super sexy graphs or, or or bar charts or whatever, but it doesn't matter if you cannot apply that right. that insight. Right, and the example they gave that um, you know personally <laughs> would help me with my own workflow is like, oh, we see that you're meeting with so and so. Here are the last couple of files that you guys worked on oh, together. Yeah. <laughs> and you you know how many times I I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> You know, I know we were working on these files, and oh, I got to quick update that that Excel sheet or something, and dig around. You know, that that was a great example, and you know, a colleague of mine said the same thing. You know, yes. just, I mean, it seems like a small thing, but something that simple just makes a huge difference in you know the workflow of an organization. Yeah, but there was even the other thing also with you know like triggered words and stuff. So if you like mention a project name, it will actually become yeah. like an active link thing. You can just go click that so you get all the information about said project. Exactly. So or it um, can do like scanning of words and stuff and link those to different yeah. projects and stuff. And they mentioned acronyms too. Yeah, yeah. So you know if there's like a, like an acronym specific to your organization, I mean maybe you're a manufacturing facility and there's a 
you know, a certain manufacturing line on the shop floor that you as a company have a, an acronym for. Mm -hmm. It's intelligent enough to figure that out. Yeah. And if, you know, a, a new hire comes on and they want to learn more about the company, they can, oh, what's that acronym? Click. Oh, that's what yeah, it is. It's the yeah. U52 that's uh, having struggles again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. So in, in summary, basically, is a lot of new interesting technology and unification of already existing technology. And it turns that one plus one is way more than two. <laughs> yes. So that's again, again that's our math sucks, but at the end of the hard. day, <laughs> it is very hard. <laughs> and on that bombshell, I think it's actually time to end. Thank you very much for listening and tune in because we're going to be back at least once a day. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.